Again, I say good morning to everyone, and a special good morning to the mothers. Um, my mother's here this morning with my brother and my family. Uh, my beautiful wife back there, and uh, our daughter, and our little cousins, and my brothers here. It means something when your family comes out to support you, amen? amen. In the absence of uh, our great pastor, Steve, um, we give him honor this morning, and we thank God for him. If you have your word this morning, we're going to get right into it. I'm not even going to waste a lot of time because I'm going to get in and I'm going to get out. I'm going to hurry up and take my time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we'll be going to uh, the book of Psalms, the 40th division of Psalms, to be exact. Psalms 40. I really thank uh, Pastor Steve for opportunity to be here this morning because how many know there's a difference between an opportunity and a chance? Opportunity is given, a chance is taken. Amen? I want you to help me preach this morning if you don't mind. A little stiff, you're a little tight this morning. We're going to loosen up a little bit. I need some amens. I need some preach, brother. I need some get on out there and get it. Amen? All right, there we go. Come on, get a Lord a hand in the house. Can we get a Lord a hand in the house? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Beginning at the first verse, the 40th division of Psalms reads, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the marred. He set my feet on solid ground. He steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed and will put their trust in the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now for the opportunity to just stand before your people this morning. God, I ask that you would take a coal from the altar of heaven, place it upon my lips that the words that I speak will burn in the hearts of men, women, and children this morning. Let us not be hearers and readers of your word, but doers. Father, and I thank you right now for doing it. I ask that you would do what you, what you do best, and that show up in this place in a mighty way. Hide thee me behind the cross. Let them see less of me and more of thee. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here we have in Psalms 40, uh, Brother David. Brother David finds himself in a tough situation, in a hard place, if you will, having to wait on the Lord. Not only wait, but having to wait patiently on the Lord. No doubt it took some time for him to get to the place in his life where he could even put the two words together, wait and patient. 
a place in his life where he found out that God is able to deliver. In verse 1, he said, I waited patiently on the Lord. I waited patiently on the Lord. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but that could go either way. He could be speaking out of confidence, knowing that God has delivered him before. He's been through some things. Or he could be talking about, I waited patiently on the Lord, but someone else in his life may not have waited patiently on the Lord. They blundered. They got ahead of God. They were trying to help God. He said, I waited patiently, but maybe someone in his life didn't wait patiently. So I don't know which way David was going with that, but being the, uh, trying to be the scholar that I am and trying to learn a little bit more about the Bible, you can look at your own life, if you will, this morning and say, I waited patiently on the Lord. I waited patiently on the Lord. God bless you. We're so glad to be able to send you out. If you look at your own life, you may have had a situation where you had to wait and wait. Lord have mercy. And wait. And wait. And somebody know what I'm talking about. In our society, our Western society, I should say, waiting is almost like a bad word because we don't want to wait for anything. We want everything fast, faster internet, high speed, faster cars, jets, motorcycles. Everything has to be faster, last, faster than last year. This year it's a little faster. We don't want to wait for anything. Just keep looking straight ahead. Nobody know I'm talking about you. Here we go. You're sitting at the red light. The light changes. Green. Before the person in front of you can even pull off, bam, 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 you're blowing the horn. You're in a hurry. You're in a rush. Where you going? You never take time to smell the roses, as the old people used to say. We have to learn to wait. If you ever been to a nice restaurant and the young lady or the young man comes to the table to take your order, let's say, hey, you ordered a steak, baked potato, salad, whatever. Yes, I'll take that, you know, take your order. Okay. Sweet tea with that, if you don't mind. I'll get your drinks right out. Bring your salad out, get your little appetizer, bring your tea. But you're sitting there drinking your drink, eating your salad, even finish your appetizer. 
And for some odd reason, they didn't come back to check on you. And you're waiting for your food. Now, you're looking around, where is my food? You've been there, I can tell you've been there. <laughs> and you've been there, okay. He get to tapping your fingers on the table. Little despondent, where is my food? And as soon as you're about to lose it, here they come. Uh, is it anything? He's, where's my food? I finished my appetizer, my salad, my tea. I finished everything. We're, sh we're shorthanded in the kitchen tonight. I'm sorry to give you every excuse in the world why your food's not there, but you're waiting. How many know that the person that took your order was also waiting? You were waiting on your food, and they were yet waiting on you. There's more than one kind of wait. Are you sitting on your gluteus maximus, <laughs> waiting on God? Or are you serving as you're going out? Huh? To do God's bidding. Are you waiting? What kind of waiting are you doing? You're tapping your fingers on the table, waiting on your food? Or are you serving the Lord until he comes? What kind of waiting are you doing? I'm going to get out of your way. I told you, I don't have a lot, but what I got, God gave it to me. We're going to do a little backdrop, give you a little historicity of the text, if you don't mind. David here in Psalms. is a shepherd boy out in the field tending the sheep. Saul at the time was king. By his disobedience, God rejected Saul. He told Samuel, how long will you mourn over Saul, seeing that I have rejected him because he disobeyed me? He said, get yourself up, fill your horn with oil, and go to Bethlehem. I have a Bethlehemite named Jesse, and I've chosen me a king amongst his sons. So I need you to get down there to Jesse's house. We're going to Jesse's house, y'all. <laughs> the prophet Samuel said, but if I go to Jesse's house, if Saul finds out I'm going, he'll kill me. The Lord tells him, this is the Lord now. Take an heifer with you, a female cow that's never had a calf. Tell them you're coming to do a sacrifice and invite everybody to the party. Then he won't know what you're going to Jesse's house for. So the prophet Samuel gets to, the, gets to Bethlehem and he tells everyone, at that time you had to 
announce, the prophet had to announce whether he was coming in peace or was he coming in wrath to destroy or word from God. Do you come in peace, Samuel? I come in peace. So everybody stopped being all nervous. He said, we're going to have a sacrifice. Everybody meet me at Jesse's house. Sanctify yourselves. Get yourselves ready for the sacrifice. Now, David had seven brothers. We're talking about waiting, y'all. David had seven brothers. He was the youngest of the seven. The prophet Samuel gets to Jesse's house. He said, the Lord sent me here to anoint one of your children as the new king. So he had them all to line up before him, one after another, Elab, Shammah, all of them came before him. Samuel, looking at Elab, said, surely the Lord has chosen this one because he looked at the outward appearance. That's the way some people look at you. But you're not what they see. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. You are bigger than what they're looking at. You're greater than what they can see on the outside because there's a great man and woman of God inside of you waiting to burst out, waiting to come out of there, waiting to do God's bidding, waiting to do God's work. He looked at them one by one as they came before him. No, not you. No, not you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't know what's going on. Jesse, are you sure this is all your children? You can study it when you go home. That's exactly what he said. All your children, not all your sons. <laughs> he said, are these all your children? He said, no, I have one more. The youngest, he's out there in the field tending the sheep. Now, I don't know how you feel about that statement, but I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> now, you mean to tell me it's a party going on, a sacrifice. Everybody's sanctifying themselves, putting their best on, anointing themselves, getting the grease and greasing their hair, and putting the lotion on their hands and feet, and ankles and elbows. And you mean to tell me you're going to leave me out in the field with the stinking sheep? What kind of father leaves his baby boy out in the field while they're getting ready to have a big celebration? Y'all don't know about that favoritism, huh? Y'all have never, you've never seen it. You've never seen it. never seen it before in your life. Let's keep looking straight ahead. Nobody know I'm talking about you. Nobody will know. Nobody will know I'm talking about you. But we have Jesse say, yeah, I got a young boy out there in the field, the youngest. He said, well, we will not sit down and eat. We will not have the celebration until he comes. Go and fetch him. So they run down and get David and bring him in. I didn't say this, y'all. The Bible said this. The Bible said he was ruddy. 
goodly to look upon, handsome. As soon as he walked in, he said, arise. The Lord said, arise, Samuel, and anoint him. This is the one right here. <laughs> oh, you feeling it? You feeling it? I don't care what they said about you. I don't care how they look at you. The Lord looks at you different than people look at you. Do not put the Lord in the same box that people look at you. People are talking about you and saying different things about you, looking at you sideways, backbiting. Don't put the Lord in the same category as people. He loves you unconditional with the agape love. I don't care how bad you think you've messed up. I don't care how bad you think you, you, you blundered. He still loves you. He still has a plan for your life. It has not changed. We're talking about waiting, y'all. So David stands there. Samuel grabs the horn of oil. The Lord said, this is the one anoints him. And he anoints him. You feel that? Because he's anointed you for such a time as this. Right now. It's your time. It's your season. God has anointed you. There's a dying lost world out there waiting on you. You say, me, little old me. Yes, you. How can you be so sure, Brother Hill? He woke you up this morning, didn't he? He let you come out here to this service this morning. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He anointed David just as he's anointed you. But guess what, y'all? David had to go after the celebration and everything went on, right back to the field. Chase grabbed his staff and went right back, stepping on sheep dung and smelling like sheep. Go right back out there to the fields. Many scholars would say he was 12. Many would say he was 17. For the sake of argument, let's say he was 15 when he was anointed. He didn't take the throne until... He was 30. That's 15 years. 15 years he had to wait. And that waiting, <laughs> Lord have mercy, in that waiting, David learned some things. Just as you're learning some things right now in your life. He went back to the field, anointed as ever, more anointed than he's ever been in his life, tending sheep. So you think what you're doing right now has no meaning, has no purpose, but you're anointed to do it. You want to do something greater than what you're doing now? Do it. You want to do something greater than what you're doing now? Do it. He waited 15 years before he took the throne, but he was anointed. A lion came and tried to get one of his sheep. 
He ripped them apart. A bear came and tried to grab one of his sheep. He ripped them apart. He was anointed. Just like you are this morning, church. You are anointed for a time as this. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how short you are. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. You are anointed to do the work of the Lord. In the book of Psalms, Waiting patiently is a real struggle because waiting is one thing, but being patient while you're waiting is a whole different story. I used to have road rage. <laughs> That's how I can talk about it. And I don't mean a little bit. It was bad. But waiting on the Lord sometimes takes us in a direction of grooming. You know grooming? You know building? You know shaping? You know molding? God puts us on the wheel, the potter's wheel. Oh, that's a whole other message in itself, but I'm going to give you a little piece of it. Huh? Well, he's shaping and molding us while we're yet waiting. He said, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. But now, after the 15 years, David takes the throne. Your time is here. Don't look at anyone else. I'm talking directly to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I want you to take it personal this morning because God has you here for a reason, not just a season. He wants you. He wants you. He wants to use you right where you are, just as you are, messed up, broken, mistreated, misunderstood, too short, too tall, too fat, to this, to that, to the other. It doesn't matter. You mean he wants to use me? He is without sin. Let them cast the first stone. Everyone in here has something wrong with them. Amen? Can I get an amen? Everyone in here has something wrong with them. So don't let anyone beat you down tear you down, and talk about you because they have mess in their life also, KPC. All right, I'm getting a little sweaty. I got to get my glasses. Amen. Ah. He said, I waited patiently on the Lord, verse 1, and he helped me and turned to me and heard my cry. I heard a story one time about a mother was telling her girlfriend about how she cried over her son all night long. She said, I cried so much 
that I went to flip the pillow over because my face was saturated and the tears had went all the way through to the other side. She didn't believe him until her son got strung out on drugs. Wasn't coming home at night. The police called, said, we got him. He's locked up. She cried all night long. She went to flip her pillow over, and the pillow was saturated all the way to the other side. So don't think that God is not looking out for you. He's watching you. He's helping you. He's helping all of us. He's on our side. She thought he was going to die out there in those streets, but he got locked up, cleaned up, and God saved him and delivered him. Amen. He lifted me up out of a pit of despair. One translation said a horrible pit. Now, I've been in a pit, a horrible pit, dark, cold. The sun could be shining outside, and I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about in my suitcase, in my mind. I was in a dark place, and I couldn't see my way out. I couldn't see my way clear. But one day, Lord have mercy, I was sitting on the beach, sitting on the cooler, supposed to have been fishing, ain't caught nothing yet. But I was sitting there, and it was real cloudy, cloudy, like it was going to be a thunderstorm. And it was at night, and all of a sudden, the clouds rolled back. And I seen the moon come from behind the clouds. And it seemed to be so big that I could touch it. I was in a dark place. I was in a pit. I was in a horrible situation. And when that cloud rolled back and that moon shined down on me and I was sitting on that cooler, tears began to roll down my face. And the Lord said, it's over. The situation is over. I've taken care of it. I've done it. Don't have to worry about it anymore. A horrible pit. It's a bad place to be in. Out of the Mari clay, after a real, real tough rainstorm, sometime when you're walking, well, you'll slip if you're not careful. Anybody ever slipped in any mud? Oh. We called it backsliding when I was coming up in the early 80s. <laughs> I don't know what you call it now, but that's what we called it. When you were showing up, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, and they see you out there nipping, tipping, and creeping. You tipping, <laughs> think nobody see you. Nobody at KPC, surely nobody at KPC's tipping, slipping, and dipping, not Kentsville Presbyterian Church. I'm sure of that. Amen? Amen. Damari. Damari Clay. 
He set my feet on solid ground. Say you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll gird up your loins. Huh? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Huh? Ready for battle. Let's go. Bring it. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're talking about waiting, y'all. Huh? Aren't you tired of waiting? Aren't you tired of waiting? Don't let it get all on your neck sometimes. You just want to do something. You just want to do something. This is your time. This is your season. I'm talking to you. I see, I see you up there. Yeah, you. You're looking at me. You. Yeah, I'm talking to you. That's right. I'm talking directly to you. He steadied me as I walked along. The footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He steadied my walking. You ever seen a baby learn how to walk? You're going to fall sometime. Don't worry about falling. The matter is, how many times do you get up? How many times do you get up? Don't stay down there and waddle in your mess. Get up. Brush yourself off. Sit dog on the devil. That's all right. You got me that time, but I'm coming back for more. Every time, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I know I messed up, but I'm coming back. Don't live a defeated Christian life. Don't go to hell from inside these four walls. Are you listening this morning? My mother used to say it all the time. She said, I ain't going to hell from church. What I look like going to church every Sunday? I'm a member of Kinsville Presbyterian Church and end up in hell. The devil is a liar. No, no, it won't happen. It will not happen to me. I will make it because the Lord said so. Amen? Amen? All right. I'm looking pretty good. I got a couple more minutes. I'm going to get out your way. <laughs> he gave me a new song, a hymn of praise to our God. I can't carry a song in a bucket. But let me tell you something when the Lord delivered me. I'm going to give you this right quick, and I'm going to let you go. I was strung out on drugs, alcoholic, whole nine yard. You, you fix it up like you want to, so you cook it so you can eat it. But it was everything you can name and everything in the middle. I came home, ah, we were working construction. I came home and I told my mother, I said, I got some good news for you. She said, good news? She said, what's going on? I'll never forget as long as I live. I was sitting on the arm of the chair. I said, I got saved. I gave my life to the Lord. She ran through the house hollering and screaming. Oh my God, Jesus, Father Jesus, oh my God. <laughs> I 
But I started singing. I started dancing. I started shouting for what the Lord had done in my life. Huh? He put a song that I knew not of. I couldn't sing if I wanted to, but I was singing. I was singing. I was dancing. I was praising him for what he had done for me. Hallelujah. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. People, they're watching you. Shh, don't tell nobody. They're watching you. Don't tell nobody they're watching you. They're watching you. They're watching your life. They may never say anything to you, but they're watching you. Where, where is he at? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I told your wife that. She thought I was kidding. She thought I was kidding. Someone came up to her and said, I was watching you. I was watching you. They're watching you because you say one thing and they want to see how you're walking. You walk in a tight line or you still slipping, dipping, and tipping? <laughs> you can't be a Christian on Sunday and do what you want all the rest of the week. Hello? Don't be a Sunday Christian. I'm telling you, it does not work. You will dry up and wither away. They're watching you from a distance. They may never say anything to you, but they're watching your walk. They're, in, they're encouraged every time you succeed. Every time you win a battle, they're cheering you on. Yes! Yes! Because you, they gain strength from you. Iron sharpeneth iron. Men build men. They gain strength every time you have a victory in your life. Whether it be large or small, every time you have a victory, they gain strength. Oh, well, I, my life is nowhere near as bad as theirs. If they can make it, I can make it. If they can make it through, then I can make it through. I just, I'm just late on my mortgage. There's one in the foreclosure. And they're still smiling, still dancing, still praising God. Hallelujah, anyhow. And you're worried about being late on your mortgage. Their house is in foreclosure. Cars are repossessed. Body is sick with pain. They're all messed up. But yet and still, they're still praising God. I was complaining about my heel. It was hurting from so much walking. Coming around that corner right there. And this deacon, young lady, right here in the wheelchair, rolled around the corner, just singing and praising God. I felt about that big. I'm complaining about my heel hurting and the ladies in the wheelchair. Lord, church, will you help me, please? I'm complaining about my heel hurting. And she's in a wheelchair. She's singing and praising God. And I'm sitting here complaining, able to walk. Um, am I crazy or what? I said, Lord, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm going to praise you anyhow. Because it's not as bad as it seems. 
It's not as bad as it seems. The devil will take something this big and put it in your suitcase, in your mind, and blow it up like the big screen. And it's nothing. It's nothing. It's not even a, a, a Polaroid, not even a school picture. It's not even that big, not even a wallet size. But he'll blow it up as big as that screen. That's the way he does, trickery. Many will see it and be amazed. And they will put their trust in the Lord. 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 Watching you get delivered. Watching you stand strong. Watching you bait whole. Watching you be delivered. They will gain strength from you. Don't be afraid to let go and let God. Don't be afraid of the next chapter in your life. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. It's bigger than your mind could imagine. If God showed you how great and wonderful you were in him, how big of a giant you were, in him, you would get arrogant. I'm highly anointed and favored of God. <laughs> That's why he won't show you. He has to keep us humble. He has to keep us humble because he's a jealous God. He doesn't want anybody taking his glory. KPC this morning, God told me to stop by here and just tell you, the wait is over. No more waiting. The wait is over. No more waiting for you. No more waiting for you. It's time to get up off of your blessed assurance <laughs> and do what God has called you to do. Rightly dividing the word of truth, a workman need not be ashamed. I'm talking directly to you. Write that book. Somebody's in here about it. Write a book. Write the book. How do I start writing it? Get a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> and start writing. Sing the song, but I can't sing. If you start singing, you will. There are great gifts inside of you, talents. God is calling you. No more waiting. He's not taking any more excuses, KPC. He's telling you this morning, I'm talking to you this morning. It's your time. It's your season for greatness. No more sitting back waiting on someone else to do it. If it's not getting done and you know how to do it, guess what, church? Get up and do it. Get up and do it. You do it. Don't wait on Jane. Don't wait on Billy Bob. Don't wait on Sue or Leanne. You do it. If it's something that needs to be done, you do it. 
Don't wait on anyone else. The wait is over. No more waiting. No more waiting. No more excuses. It's your time. It's your season right now to do great things for God. There's a lost and dying world out there waiting on you. Don't you know some people, you are the only Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, they will ever see you walking by them and you're walking by them and won't say a mumbling word? You're the only God they're going to ever see. Don't let them go to hell on your behalf. When you have a chance to tell them about how good God is, how he delivered you, how he made a way, tell them, don't be afraid. Get out there and preach the gospel. Witness the people. They always talking about, I can't. You can do it. You can do it, KPC. You can do it. This is a great and mighty church, and God is doing some new things here. And he's talking to each and every individual here this morning. It's your time. No more waiting. I'm done.